Hello everyone and welcome to the Back Pocket Podcast. I almost forgot the name of our podcast. The only podcast whose release schedule is as volatile as West Coast's in-game team changes. Oof, yeah that hurts. I'm joined today as always by my co-host Jack Turner. Yeah, uh, and it's my fault we're late this week uh, because I Not me. was on holiday. Um, this week, neither of us thought we had COVID, which is nice, unlike the entire West Coast team and Fremantle's coach. <laughs> oh, they're just getting wrecked by us today. It's, it's rough. Uh, but so is their situation. Um, what was it one of our friends said to us earlier? They have, they've won two games since last year's mid-season bye. That is rough. Yeah, it's not good. It's brutal. But uh, at least they have an excuse this year. Yeah, that is fair. Um but we're here. It was a better week, I'd say, for defenders and football this week. There was some genuinely exciting games and some really good performances. Yeah, I enjoyed more than two games, was, so that's an improvement. It was a nice change, and even some of the games that weren't good got exciting, so that, yeah. was, that was fine. Yeah, like, the, absolutely. The showdown, I wouldn't say, was a good game, Last but quarter boy, was, was it exciting. Like, that was just an enthralling end, and then Port Adelaide loved losing a game to a bogus <laughs> high tackle. Um, well, it's the thing they always say, a close game is a good game. It might have been ugly to watch. And it might have been boring for at least a half, but it got exciting. And man, when that goal was kicked, I jumped out of my seat and I didn't even care about Adelaide. Ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like had it on in the background. I was like, oh, yeah, um, obviously I was on holiday. So I'm like just watching the TV in the background, doddering about and like just ass on seat. Whole last quarter. Yeah. Just no, nah, cannot. You can't say ass on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I think we've rolled with jumping into the votes as the first way to start. Uh, yeah, it's easy. Talking about the round. So I, th- I thought we might do something different this week. Oh, okay. Spicy. I thought we might just get the honourable mentions out of the way so that we're not just popping them in here and I there so. and getting yep. sidetracked. <clears throat> Did I go first last week? I think you went first last week. I'll jump in this week. Yeah. Regardless, whatever. It doesn't matter. Uh, my honourable mentions, which is funny because we might get raised eyebrows at each other knowing that we've got those coming as votes later. Um, but I had Jeremy Howe. Um, I thought his first three quarters were excellent, which is just sums up Collingwood's game, but... There were times where it felt like Geelong were trying to launch it inside 50 and they were kicking it straight to him despite the fact yes. that they punted at 70 metres and he was just the only man there. Look, he looks like a man who hasn't missed much footy, um, which is a great thing you can say. So uh, he's also in my honourable mentions. I really wanted to give him the one vote, um, but I couldn't this week. He just... Oh, he had a vote for me all weekend and then I just <laughs> didn't didn't pan out. I thought more about that game with a bit more clarity after yeah. like the, the craziness that was that last quarter. And then I looked at the stats and it kind of confirmed and he had one touch in the last term and I was like, ah. I think it's just seeing those highlights and just watching him and Moore constantly just, just get turned mark. around by um, Cameron. Oh, yeah. And if he, that hadn't happened, they'd probably get a vote. <laughs> I can't imagine like having this, the talent to back up the level of arrogance Cameron had to just like go out like, three quarters time and say, no, we got this. Just kick it to me. Like, Defenders when you now. say that, and then do it, amazing. Yeah. Um, but that, I had a great game until then. I think that they're really lacking a third defender. Um, yeah. More and more and how we're really good, but you did, when you've got um, uh, Jack Madgen, um, look, I think Madgen's a really good player. His he's effort underrated. is good, but he's not. He can't take that key size player. When you've got Hawkins, Radicalier, and Cameron in there. Mm. Madgen's not a match I think it would be ideal not that I want Madgen out of the side because as I said I think he's good I think it would be ideal if Moore could become a floating defender similar to how McGovern does it he has a man but his focus is more killing contests um, and that would suit them a bit better Um, one of my honourable mentions you got a vote a couple of weeks ago Heath Chapman 
from yep, Frio. He, was in my, he played a really good game. He's, he's shaping up to be a really good defensive little dude. He and Clark for Frio, same as Andrews and Zorko for Brisbane. I felt like if the game was closer, they might have been more likely to get a vote. Yeah. But it's hard to say a defender had a great game. Zorko was closer for me because he created the run. But it's really hard for me to give a vote to Zorko because he's a midfielder. I know he's playing in defence. But it feels like cheating. <laughs> it does. He's been. He looks good back there, though. It's, he the does. first week he looked rusty, um, and the preseason he did, looked like he was lost. But um, <laughs> he looked really good this weekend. Uh, might have helped with the team they were playing. It's, but it's hard to look bad in a one hundred point win, one hundred eight point it win. Is. Cam Rainer managed three points and, <laughs> and ten touches, so he, he pulled it off. But um, yeah, that that was a dominant dominant performance from Brisbane, um, and it's hard to give votes to a game like that for defenders when like the. They didn't really get challenged all game. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, and my third and probably most controversial honourable mention is James Sicily. Great game. Great uh, game. He, he has not put a foot wrong all season. If you were looking at just like an overall, like all Australian, he'd be the first lock. 100% But I, I, I didn't sneak him in for a vote this week no, either. Couldn't he played a really good game. I want to give him the mention because I think he is going to be in our votes pretty much every week for the rest of the year. Yep. Uh, t- touch wood, hoping his knees are up. One... There was two more I've got. Yep. Uh, Ridley played his first really good like back to Ridley form game of the year, yep. um, and I he was helping them stay in that game for a long time. And I thought Alex Keith's game was really really good. Yeah, um, I would agree with that. Especially getting up, he kicked that really important goal as well, which we've said before. It's a weird thing. To no say points about defenders, for goals, but he got up. He took that really important mark and kicked that goal, which that game was really changed at mm-hmm. that point. He played really well. But um, rolling into there, your one vote. I'm going first. Uh, my one vote is for Sam Doherty. Um, it's tough because I think he plays a, like a hybrid halfback wing role, but I'm giving him the vote solely for that last quarter alone. Um, <clears throat> sorry, I just finished a long shift. Um, <laughs> uh, he was everywhere and he was marking great defensive efforts, just the little touches here and there to stop things. Uh, he's in insane form for someone who's been through what he's been through. Can, yeah. Considering the time off he's had, mm-hmm. he's come in and play at his best again. His first few weeks have been outrageously good and are such a huge part of why Carlton is currently 3 0. Yeah. And um, I feel like. In fact, I'd argue without him, they'd be 1 and 2. Probably. Um, him and Weedering together. Yeah. That, oh, Assad's been doing a phenomenal job as mm. well. Mm. Um, that backline's been doing really well, especially considering the losses they had coming yep. into last week. Not um, like West Coast losses, but big changes. Yeah. I mean, but he's been really good. My one vote was for McCartan, who really should have been higher. Uh, I thought Tom McCartan did a great job. I, the reason he was one vote for me was that. Much like Weedering going down to a lower votes last week is that Norton was clearly underdone. Um, okay, yeah, But sure. to keep him goalless when the Bulldogs won is it's a good, It's a good, huge. good play. Yeah, um, that, that's a big one for me. Um, and he was supported really well um, by both his brother and Lloyd. I thought played really good games. But, um, <laughs> Double McCartans. Which one yeah, are you putting in your t- Team vote? McCartan gets the one vote. Uh, <laughs> don't mess that up like the uh, Camerons got messed up in the Geelong Collingwood game. That's five each. Best one. Um, all right, so my second vote, uh, fan favourite. Nathan Broad. Uh, same. same. Two votes, Nathan there Broad. There we go. Two votes, Nathan Broad. Enough said. Yeah. <laughs> Ridiculous. Um, we thought it was funny last week. We got the one up to the two this week. No, he's going to keep going um, up, apparently. He's playing really good footy. Uh, he's, he's making himself worthy of the triple premiership tag at this rate. <laughs> he, he might have got more votes from me had the keys back there not combined for seven goals between yes. the two key forwards and then Marshall drifted forward for two more. Um, but he wasn't in charge then. That's his kind of what his old role was. But yes. He's that rebounding player now. Um, yeah. But now that means they're lacking what he was doing. I think his... Well, I mean, Jaden Short's doing a lot of the rebounding now, which is good. But I think his benefit is 
similar to some players from other clubs, he can take tools and he can take like medium and even smalls. Yeah, and he's deceptively um, quick. Yeah. Um, in, in you get those forwards who like you. Yeah, obviously, Max King would have been a, probably a good matchup for him, but those forwards now who are very fast, mm-hmm. he is a good matchup for that. Yeah. In terms of speed and height. Yeah, he's got he's got a lot going for him, and uh, I didn't think I'd be sitting here saying that. <laughs> he's gonna kill us. <laughs> Uh, three votes from you? Yeah, I'm giving my three to Jacob Wiedering. Wow, it's okay. Yeah, sure. Yep. Yep. Three votes, Jacob Wiedering. Yep. Absolutely. What a game. Um, uh, had that one where he overcommitted. It's just, that's what got, dropped him down to three. I had him at four. He went for the spoil. He landed badly. Gunson waltzed in for a goal. It was a big moment and could have been shocking. Um, but he backed it up. Followed with, it up with a ridiculous spoil yeah. minutes later and then, uh, and the then mark. a mark yeah. to save the game. So, like, you've made up for that, but that was a moment where I went, oh, no. Like, imagine playing a game as good as he played. Yeah. And He's then, probably sitting at home thinking about that one moment over oh, and over. absolutely. And thankfully they won because otherwise he'd be having nightmares about it. Yeah. Um, um, I think he even said... I saw him smile the after the game. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, I've... I, I know he, we've talked about the fact that on radio he's a lot more emotive, but like normally after the game he just comes out and he just like media voices it. Yeah. Whereas he had like a grin on his face and he was laughing and I was like, the relief that must have washed over him after that win was huge. Yeah, I wonder if he would take back saying, I'll miss the rest of the season if we can win a game like that. Yeah, that was, <laughs> <laughs> I like that comment. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Uh, let's see if we're going three, three from three. What was your four votes? Oh, did you, Jacob Weeding? Yeah, Weeding was my three. Oh, huh, awesome. Yeah. Uh, four I gave to Angus Brayshaw. Okay, yeah. Okay, this is where we're different. Yeah, so have you, right. uh, have you gone, just to just to get this to, because we could do the same conversations now, have you gone five with Chunkot GS? Yes. Because I've gone five Brayshaw. Okay, so we've just got those two swapped around. Yeah. So, we, we'll go Brayshaw each. We'll go Brayshaw first, <laughs> um, since, since that was your four, but... Yes. That was an outrageous game off so half-back. Ridiculous. Um, he is the absolute team man. I've never seen a player, the year before they, you know... Launched up like that. He was runner up in the Brownlow Medal, and was playing a, a full inside oh, yes, mid I role. I remember that. And then, ever since then, he's been pushed to the outside and pushed into awkward half forward, half back positions. And he just does whatever role he is given. Yep. And he does and it thrives well. there. He could be an inside mid racking up thirty or more any almost any other club. Um, but Melbourne's obviously got your Petrarcas and your Olivers, and you can even put obviously Viney's in there. But like J- Jackson gets in there and does a you know Rucker Rover style role. Mm-hmm. Um, and Brayshaw just takes whatever role he's given and does it so well. Yeah. And to see him on the halfback playing the football he did last week, but then especially this week, incredible performance. Absolutely. I mean, the marks stand for themselves, don't they? But, yeah. Um, there's no room for him on the wing either. Obviously, they've got some elite. Oh, that, that team is... Um, it's, it's, it's the real deal. They're, they're the team to beat. And yeah. I don't care how much the media say it's still Richmond, the team to beat. I'm, Doesn't I'm make sense. Confused it's by Melbourne. That. Yeah, that, they've won three <laughs> games since round 13 last year. Um <laughs> Not against very good sides. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, I mean, look, I, Richmond has the quality, but until they can get that full best 22 out there, I think their depth has been shot it's the, it's by the midfield depth losing players shot. to other clubs. Um, and the back line, I think that with no Asprey and no Vlosten at the moment. Grimes still injured? Grimes injured himself again. Yes. That's so right. that's your three real locks in there. Absolutely. Um, Vlosten's really That's important. what's forcing Broad into that marking role rather than a lockdown role, and it's really breaking up that defence. And, and yeah. without that, they're in a, a bit of strife and... I think Rewalt comes back this week, which will help structure them a little more. But see, losing your see, maybe we'll see Bolton losing your again. players like you've lost for them over the last few years has been just other clubs, your depth players. That's just how huge. it happens. Yeah, for successful clubs, and that's yeah. you know we'll continue. Melbourne's probably going to face that in a few years' time as well. Yeah, definitely. It won't happen immediately, but they'll start to see some players move out. Yeah, so I I gave my four to Jeff. You gave your five. There were moments in that game. I've been thinking about this since that game. How much I wanted to talk about this on the podcast. 
I've never seen and anyone with a sense of how close <laughs> someone is to them. I keep going, he's going to get caught. He's untouchable. And it's just as he's about to get touched, he gets a perfect kick away. And it was just time and time again. And teams have got their faster players near him. So yeah. he, he's not getting away like he used to because teams are matching him up a lot better. There's, there's faster runners near him. But it didn't matter because he knew when to kick it. And that could just be a really good you know, role in Hawthorne's back mm. line between Frost and Sicily and letting him know how far danger is away and that kind of stuff. But, wow. Some of those kicks where he was under immense pressure, mm-hmm. got around one, someone had almost chased him down, he pinpoints someone 70 metres out and gives him that one kick away from goal kind of yeah. set up, was wild. And that, 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 without him, they wouldn't have got close to yeah, coming back and it's like that. that. It's one particular highlight where... Sam Walsh, who is an endurance beast, he's not slow by any means. He might have a bit of an ankle worry still lingering. I was so worried when he got legged. (laughs) I thought his knee was done. Um, But he looked like he was struggling to be anywhere near GF. And it was insane just how close he let Walsh get to him and then just to kick off a perfect pass. It felt like he got better as the game went on. Absolutely. Um, First quarter was obviously a bit rough for most of the yeah, players. Yeah, absolutely. Especially defenders. Um, um, but when they around. switched their roles around and actually made it a defensive game... Yeah, I, I even on. thought, um, and I, I was joking about it in the first half when they were getting goals kicked against them, that Frost looked really out of place. But his second half was also really good. Yeah, he good. turned it around too. Took some really good intercept marks. <clears throat> um, and it was more the, the one percent as he was doing to set up his other players, putting those blocks on and, and those spoils really good. But... Um, yeah, Jath, just what, what a game again. Um, probably leading, we'll check the votes later, but probably leading our votes, I think, getting another nine today. Um, looking, looking real good. Close. No, he's a forward. <laughs> Shut up. Um, I think that puts Jath at 11, and I think Weedering, Weedering is on 13. Missed consistency, yeah. that makes sense. Has he got um, votes every week? No, I think he missed a week one. Still, it's a pretty good effort. <laughs> Yeah, there was, a, there was a few games where I didn't have any votes come from. Obviously, Carlton and Hawthorne getting both players in there doesn't help from one game. Yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> broad and short, and short almost deserved to vote as well. Again, yep. played played a really good game. But when you have Jath, Doherty and Brayshaw all playing the same game but a bit better, it's hard to sneak in there. Um, Melbourne, <laughs> it was interesting. Melbourne's defence didn't really... When you look at the, the names they've got back there, um, didn't seem like they set the world on fire on the weekend, but it was just a really good effort. Yes, um, which which was really good. Stewart made it into a lot of people's teams. Yeah, and we've talked about this. I was going to say, let's talk about the elephant in the room. Three rounds in, we haven't given a single vote to Tom Stewart. He's who... in almost every rolling All-Australian side. I've seen him get <laughs> votes every week. He even got coaches' votes on the weekend. Yeah. I've seen some baffling turnovers and errors from him. He looks like a bloke who's missed several months of football, yes. which he has. It's, it's very uncharacteristic, and I'm sure he'll come good. I'm sure he will feature in these votes throughout oh, the year, but absolutely so yeah. far he has been a bit of a turnover merchant. He's still racking up possessions. Yes, and which taking is those really good intercept marks, and, and he's not taking kick outs, so he's not getting the cheap ones. No. But there's been some that have been just really poor decision-making that have cost the team, especially in that run Collingwood had of, it was a nine goal straight, I think they kicked all nine, eight out of nine goals or something like that. Yeah. Uh, there's a few of them that were just, he was out of position or took a hasty kick that was just a turnover. Um, he looks rushed. He looks like a man who is not aware of how much time he actually has. Yeah. Um, which is common for people yeah. coming back from injury who are a bit unsure of themselves. But I'm hoping he does steady up because even though he's not my favourite Geelong player, I do love watching him play. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> he's, the, he's... One of my highlights was when he took that mark against, uh, I think it was the Bulldogs several years ago. It was in that ridiculous come from behind when Geelong had that time. Oh, is that one where he um, And he landed the and then just and smiled. smiled. Yeah. And it was just, just great. Just what a... He seems like a good dude. Um, 
from that game, I was going to say, especially with you know Stewart not playing in what I thought was a great game, but everyone else seems to have. <laughs> I thought Geelong's backline to endure that many inside fifties had twelve more rebounds. Mm-hmm. Regardless of the scoring shots, obviously Collingwood ended up more of those as well. To have twelve more rebounds, just the defensive unit, I thought was such a strong performance because Collingwood won that midfield battle all day until the end. We and. We even talked about it a bit during the week. I was like, I can't find a vote for any Geelong backmen, despite the fact that as a defensive unit, they were all good. Yeah, I, I just thought the combo of you, Buse and Coladagny both played really well. Uh, Coladagny's one kick that cost them <laughs> uh, didn't work out that badly for a change. De Koning looked really at home uh, until he got swung forward, and that also worked a dream. But uh, I really like De Koning. He's going to be a player, both of them. Yeah, I... There's some, there's some families out there at the moment, isn't there? Yeah. You've got Brayshaws, we've got De Konings, we've got Mackays, we've got Kings... Um, I love that all of them are different clubs. I really like that. I like that we, we seem to have all of the really yeah. big ones. They're not brothers playing club. together, are they? Not not at the moment. No, I can't, I can't think of any, actually. Obviously, the Kurnos, but they're not. Ed's not playing because he's injured. No, I can't think of any off the top of my head. I'm sure there is one. Oh, the Berries? Oh, yeah. Um, are they still me. the same club? They are both the same. I think they are. I think there's one in Adelaide as well. I don't know if he's I think related. he's unrelated. <laughs> yeah, he still, ah, cool, he's still, he still has curly hair and he's white, so it's like... <laughs> They're be. all related. They're yeah, white. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's. It, I just like seeing that because then they come up against each other. Oh, the Henrys as well played on each other. Yes, on the weekend. of course. Well, I'd um, love to see the guys play on each other at some point. We'll Jack Henry's happen. one that almost snuck in again this week. Played a really good game, but Jack Henry's a very good player and he's very underrated by the AFL media. He doesn't get any plaudits at all. Baffling. When when it last goes year, to Tom career best season last year. Mm-hmm held Geelong together in a lot of games and then it comes around to that time of year and it's just all Tom Stewart for the Geelong yep. backline. I was like, Henry had a phenomenal, especially for a bloke who's, what, 22? Yeah, and it's 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 hard because Tom Stewart is playing the intercept role and that's the most attractive it's one. Like, we, role. we gave five votes to Giath this week and four votes to Giath because, you know, it's when when it works, it's insane um, and that's why Stewart gets all the plaudits but Jack Henry is just a rock down there for them. It really I, goes wrong. I know we don't talk about forwards but I'm talking about a defensive act. Hmm. And it was from someone who it shocked me from, from that game. There was a spoil from Sean Higgins <laughs> that genuinely saved the game. Spiked the and it was the like most surprising thing. Just just stepping across, going back with the fight and making clean contact with nothing but the ball over the boundary line in the dying minutes was phenomenal. I, 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 was, I was sitting there in the chair, I was like, oh, <laughs> Sean Higgins. I, I blank stared. You can't see it, but... <laughs> I was roasting uh, on the couch. For, oh, no, bounce, sorry, for giving mm. Golden Fist mentions to, to Harry Mackay and anyone doing a tackle from the forward 50. I'm going to have to roast you now. Yeah, I know. Well, I said special mention. I just got to... <laughs> I could think you could talk about a defensive act without giving them the votes for the week. Which, yeah. they also gave votes to Stuart. They did. Everyone they gave did. two... No. Yeah, I think they gave him two. Can't quite remember who got three. I was only vaguely watching... Uh, my eyes kind of glaze over when I watch Bounce. Yeah, it's, it's like a, um, listening to your drunk uncles talk at Christmas. Like, it's fun Yes, if you don't pay too much attention. They did play some great footage of Gazy dancing, and I recommend you look that yeah? up. Yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, all right, so I guess we should just talk about some general things. Um, yeah, well, we're doing day of uh, next round this time for the, for the episode release, which is a bit late. Oh, yeah, because tomorrow is um, round four. It's still weird. Thursday starts almost every week. I don't um, mind it because it gives me something to do while I'm working. <laughs> I've, I've got one for you. Right. And this is just a yes-no question. I'll be the judge of that. We had the W Awards last night. Yes. Um, 
which was great again. I feel like we, we watch men walk in in blank tuxedos year after year and then you watch the W Awards and everyone actually looks fun nice. and interesting. Yeah. And it's great. I, I love that part of it. And it was also the fact that they did it in suits so that men can't use the arts because they have to wear suits excuse. Like they had vibrant yeah. suits in cool colours and cool designs. My you question can, is... You can wear whatever you want to the brown layer. Absolutely not. Like, as long as it fits you. Yeah. And there, was, there was some really cool suits last year, but it was, wasn't enough of them. Um, do we get a... Best and fairest after Daisy Pierce, and a grand final best on ground after Aaron Phillips. Oh, like naming the awards? Yeah. That is the, the pressure cooker uh, going off. Uh, <laughs> not, not just on Ken Hinckley. I thought the fire uh, alarm was going off. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast is heat. Um, <laughs> I think we should. Um, and I think we should get a name for the goal-kicking award eventually. Yep. Um, I don't think it should be called now, even though Vessio was first to 50. I think we should leave that a little bit because... Wait until someone has, like, a ridiculous year. There will be a player that tears the competition apart eventually. Um, But I think Aaron Phillips with three, I think, grand final best on rounds, one of which after tearing an ACL in the third quarter. Just Mm -hmm. first three quarters was enough of a performance. And Daisy Pierce has been the biggest advocate for that game for so long. Yeah. I think they're... your go tos. I totally that. agree. I think it, when it just you feels think weird of, just calling it a best and fairest still. Yeah. When you think of AFLW, well, it's hard because you can still give the awards to those players. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because so they're still playing. It'd be awkward to win an award named after you. So I think once they have retired, yeah. which probably won't be too far away, um, they will probably rename those awards. And I'd be happy for it to be so. Yeah. Which is also not bringing up defenders, and I do apologise, but it was just yeah, something right. I thought watching We're that. in the general chat part. Yeah, yeah, we're general chat. Um, this week, all right, I called Game of the Round Geelong Collingwood and ended up being very close to right. Yeah, you went wrong. Um, that was ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, what do you think this week, Game of the Round? We've got a few setups. Uh, Geelong Brisbane was very spicy last year. Uh, it all depends on O'Connor playing, right? Does he play... Well, yeah, does he play on Neil? Or does he, he has play, to play on Neil. Has to. But... Um, um, it's no Gary Rowan one. to brush Neil's chin uh, this year. <laughs> that was such an awkward moment. Um, I think... I'm not going to back him again. Um, I'm not going to talk about Essendon. This <laughs> every time I pick them to win, they lose. Maybe I should keep doing that. I, th- I feel like with <laughs> Essendon... Like if, if we'd laid out their season like alphabetically yeah, or, yeah. or in any other way other than round order, everyone would have picked these three games to be losses. It was three of last year's top four. The three best performed during the year, really. Yeah. Um, I know Brisbane dropped out of finals pretty quickly, but the yeah, Bulldogs were on a roll. Um, and then who also, also rolled Port in the prelim. So you just got to hope that like a rot, a losing mentality doesn't set in at the moment. That's the worry, isn't it? But they were, if they win the next three, which they're expected to, mm-hmm. they're in a better spot than they were last year after six games, which was oh, there you go. two and four and they made the finals. So I, I, but I do worry about Loss of Zach Merritt is huge. It's huge. It's the engine room for them. Mm-hmm. Um, Nick Cox was such an excitement machine for them last year, especially around the time they started to pick up steam, and he's out. I'm not sure when he's back. Um, uh, me neither, but he has also been a bit out of form. He has been, so far yeah. As well, so. And that's an expectations thing as well. I think when you put a player who's second playing such years, an awkward role like blues. that. Yeah. Um, on, the, on the match of the round, and I'm probably going to be wrong, like I usually am mm. when picking match of the round, I think tomorrow, Port and Melbourne. If yeah. Port are going to put any effort into anything, they should try and win this game. It does feel make or break. If you beat Melbourne this week, that kind of erases all the crap that's I, happened in the last three weeks, right? I wholeheartedly believe they. there was a few umpiring decisions. The two deliberates against Adelaide especially were mm-hmm. whew, shocking. And then the high tackle was iffy. 
I can understand why the umpire paid it. it looked, I thought it was high I think, life. I think calling it a high tackle was dumb. He was tackled without the ball. Yeah. That's simple enough. That's a free kick. Yes. Um, calling was it a high tackle? No, it was The deliberates that lost me. But anyway, they shouldn't have lost that game anyway. They have it in control. Yeah. And they let Adelaide back in, um, which everyone seems to be doing uh, this year. <laughs> it's the momentum year. It is. And, and it's been... They're right. It's it's It's... Because you can't really put that person behind the ball with a 6-6-6 is how we're, you're looking at it. You've got to push that wingman around like the back half of the square and try and drop them off. But Yeah, the 6-6-6 rule was always going to make an effect on the game. It didn't happen instantly. We saw some flashes of it. Last year. But, um, it, it seems to be taking full effect now because you've got teams like Carlton and Brisbane who are dominating, and even Melbourne, dominating the inside uh, mid-rolls to get the ball out to exert dominance. But then you've also got team who, teams who are quickly rebounding as quickly as possible to take advantage. And you got a one out up forward yeah, and that kind of thing. Absolutely. Which is working really well. Um, so it's, it's nice to see a, not a blend because some teams are going full attack, some teams are going full defence, but it's nice to see differing styles instead of just rolling malls or whatever they yeah. were called. Yeah, <laughs> that, that, that Richmond game, which credit to them, worked phenomenally. But that, mm. that just pressure, pressure, yes, tap yes. on pressure. Um, oh, and when it when it's on, it's really good to watch. Yeah, but when two teams are doing it unsuccessfully, you, you just, end up you, with your eyes start. I think it went two years ago, St Kilda played Frio. Adelaide played Frio, and it was twelve to thirteen at halftime, and I was I wanted to basically kill myself watching that game. <laughs> um, just watching any Frio game. <laughs> I I just that was a complete joke. For sympathise for their fans for the last few years. Like there's just this promise of improvement, and then Cherry leaves, and there's this promise of improvement. Yeah, and just like they just don't seem to have that extra click. Um, and you feel like if they'd had that, I think we talked about this last I think week. You could also include uh, Langdon in that. If you had that centre core of Fife and Mundy still there to support Sarong and Brayshaw, it mm-hmm. might be a different story. And I know they pumped West Coast on the weekend, but oh yeah, you should right now. If you're not pumping West Coast right now, you shouldn't be showing up. <laughs> North, um, and North should have really. Yeah, they they had way more chances than they converted, and probably didn't try as hard as they maybe should have in that game. No. Um, yeah, my game of the round, I think, is going to be the Richmond-St Kilda game because they're both in a similar spot to me. Didn't Richmond and St Kilda play last week? Was that this week? Oh, they not Richmond. Played. Not Richmond, St. Richmond St Hawthorne-St Kilda. That'll be very interesting. Um, because I I'm think, still not sure about where either team is at. Yeah, I think Hawthorne overperformed, but then they played so well on the weekend. Uh, watching that game made me really appreciate But then St Kilda's Sam second Mitchell. half against Richmond, this is what was in my head, St Kilda's second half against Richmond was awesome. They looked mm-hmm. like they should have. Like what we expected them to come on from two years ago mm-hmm. was what they looked like in that second half, and they looked unstoppable. Um, which is two teams that have just had two second halves that were insane. Yeah, and I, I really, uh, I think that's going to be a really interesting game. It'll be. It'll be. A is it in, in Melbourne or Tassie? I have no idea. It is in Melbourne, which is a bit okay. of a shame. I like. I like their little Tassie fixture. Um, it'll be a real battle of. Sam Mitchell's coaching style, which seems to be very change-based and system-based versus Brett Ratton's consistency. Will his team play four quarters? Will they even play two quarters? Um, it'll be very interesting. Yeah, um, I, Ratton's such an interesting one for a, for a bloke who, when teams he coaches play their best football, it looks so good. Mm-hmm. And then when they get exposed... It just seems like it all falls apart. Yep. One thing I will say in St Kilda's favour this year is that King seems to be kicking slightly straighter than 50%. <laughs> yes. Um, which last year he went about 30. Like, the shots he takes at goal is insane. Um, if he could hit like 70%, he'd be an 80-goal-a-year footballer. Mm-hmm. Um, and that works for them. If he kicks straighter and they're yep. getting the ball also into your memories and Marshall drifts up forward, that's a really, really strong forward line, especially when you put your... Um, obviously, Butler's in there. Um, there's, there's a lot of 
goal-kicking talent up for, Higgins is the other one that's trying to think of. A lot of goal-kicking talent up there yeah. um, should should click if it's together, but it's hard. Should click if it's together. Yeah, yeah, it works. <laughs> yeah, it's Lego, it. baby. Um, um, no, it'll, it'll definitely be interesting. And I've got... I got a soft spot for Brett Radden, obviously as a Carlton supporter, so I'd like to see him succeed. But it's it's worrying when, you know, everyone says, "Oh, you know, St Kilda are going to win because Paddy Wright is in. He's not going to be there forever." It's 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 hard to build a game plan around a player who's well into his thirties. Yeah, it feels like Paddy Wright has been playing forever. Yeah, he his played with part. James Hurt, <laughs> with not under, with and then under, and then under. Um, it's it's crazy to think how long he's been going, and he's still such an integral part of that team. Yes. Um, oh, and props look, to him. He plays well when he's on the park. He does, and he and Marshall make a really good duo. Mm-hmm. Um, they play such different styles of ruck work, and it works really well for them. But yeah. that can't last forever. Yep. Um, Jack Hayes is an exciting prospect. But he does not play the same way Paddy Ruck As I say, but is he a number one ruck? Probably not. No. And him with Marshall is a different prospect to Marshall. I mean, Ryder. if you rotated them 50-50 ruck and forward time, but that's still too much time on ground for them, it just wouldn't work. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and it's a struggle, and you've got to find that balance. And, well, and that's a big thing for a lot of teams. I think we were talking earlier about how Melbourne have decided to just give their wingmen 100% game time this year, which is incredible. Hey, it's um, working, it's working. Yeah, and, and, and that just shows the fitness of, of those players. And Langdon's yeah. just a fitness machine. Yeah. Um, his if final series last year was phenomenal. If you're serious about AFL, and this is so hypocritical coming from me as someone who sits on their arse all day, if you're serious about AFL and you're playing wing, you should be fit enough to play 100% game time. Yes, absolutely. That's, your role is to run. And it can be an absolutely thankless role. Like There's, there's days where a good wing game, you end up with like 13 disposals, but because they've had that run and they're providing that support and, and just the few kicks they get hit targets inside 50. It's an extension of um, the defensive 50. I like the wings. Yeah, and a, a defensive wing role is great. Mm. I love watching it yeah. um, when they're just dr- drifting back behind the play. Uh, I've seen um, Hewitt's been rotating out to that defensive wing role for Carlton a bit this he, year. He and Setterfield have been yeah. rotating and I've been really in, enjoying watching them because they've both been playing it well. Uh, I've, I've really enjoyed I didn't think that was the role Hewitt was going to play. It does make sense as someone who was a halfback yeah. traditionally, but I thought he'd be playing more of a, an attacking mid-role when he went into that midfield unit. But he really does seem to sit behind the play. Even when he drifts forward, he's sitting behind the play just mm-hmm. that one step, and his you know, just pressure and intercept has been really, really good. I'm glad to see he's getting plaudits for it because normally that would be the midfielder that gets ignored. Yeah, um, so that's but it's nice. defensive mid, so we'll drop yeah. that in. Yeah, we'll give him, we'll give him some props. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's probably about time. Uh, yet again. That's all, folks. Yibbity, yibbity, yibbity. Yibbity, yibbity, Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye.